Time for Road Ruby Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. Ken loves talking about breaking mobility news, while Sasha loves sharing the latest in new technology. So ready or not, the opinionated duo with the futuristic twist, here's our host, Ken Chester. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. So glad you could join us. My name is Ken Chester, and I'm in studio with none other than Sasha J. Little. Yes, 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 that is me, that mm-hmm. is me. And together, we're equipped and ready to <laughs> share with you the actionable news and late-breaking information that you need to know. Now, this hour, we take a look at what's going on with Uber. The app was offline for a considerable amount of time this past week, and we talk about that and we offer you some potential options for you to consider when uh, considering a ride-hailing service. Uh, we take a look at the Internet of Things and the auto industry and how they're getting closer together. We take a, also a look at 3D printers that create things out of, get this, metal. Yes, metal. Printing metal. Yeah, I said So, it. like the, uh, the Morton buildings? Uh, even, are, we, are we talking about mm, 3D printing like my Morton building? No. Can we 3D printer my... My John Deere tractor. No, no, not yet. How about my road tiller? But we'll talk about that in a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Okay? And then finally, uh, we haven't talked about the Ford Motor Company in a bit. And we talk about that and the future. Yeah, Canvas ain't on the the menu this time. But it's Ford. It is. It's brought to you by Ford. Yeah, but you and Canvas. The future of the mobility. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) All of that packed into this hour. Now, before we jump into the midst, did you know that you too... Could be part of the show. Now, it's easy. Call or text the Roadworthy Driveline, that number, 872-222-9793. And it's good anytime. For those of you that would rather write, you can reach out to the show via my email address. That's ken at roadworthydrive.net. We'd love to hear from you either way. Now, speaking of debate and conversation, please say hi to my uh, co-host, the often caffeinated Always opinionated, bright ray of sunshine, Miss Sasha Little. Hey, Sasha. Hello, Ken. Hello. Mm, How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Yes. After my first cup of coffee, the world is safe. See, you're the one that needs to be the often caffeinated because as you well know, sir... I don't drink caffeine anymore. Yeah, yeah, but see, I'm always caffeinated. Right, right. So that needs to be often caffeinated, but you do drink tea. I do. Well, it's non-caffeinated, like seriously, not decaffeinated, because even though it says decaffeinated, Mm -hmm. there's still caffeine. What? So now I have to switch to like herbal tea. Okay, but the problem is, if you're drinking coffee or tea without caffeination, what's the point? It tastes good. Uh, I don't know about all. I I take pills to help me feel energized and sparkly and. You know, anime sparkles. I think I'm going to just let that be <laughs> and not touch that at all. Um, we want to talk about Uber. We do want to talk about Uber. Now, if you've been following the news. Which probably haven't. Um, this past week. Right. Uber had been offline for a considerable amount of time. And not just in the United States, but Europe. Global. Yeah, global. Australia all over the place. Global. And not just Uber Classic. Even Uber Eats whether you're a driver or a user. Now, you did a little research into this, Sasha. Imagine that. I know. What did you find out? Okay, so I went directly to the source, kind of. Mm. I reached out to Uber via their Facebook page. And I was very, very simple in my question. I asked whether or not they had gotten the app um, up and working yet. And when did you do this? 
Um, I did this last night. Okay. Um, and their response was almost instantaneous. Um, and they said that yes, they had gotten it d- fixed. Um, and it had been fixed. And should I need any assistance with the app? You know, feel free to reach out to them. I think that they were assuming that I was a uh, customer. Yeah, that I was either a customer or a driver or something to that effect. Um, they said that they had resolved it and everything should be all set. Um, but you didn't just take their word for it, though. No, I did not. I actually reached out to a few Uber drivers mm-hmm. um, because I don't know any Uber riders. So okay. I reached out to a few Uber drivers. What did they have to say? Um, they said that the app is very glitchy. Um, for some of them, it was down for two days. Uh, some of them, it was down for just a matter of like 12 hours uh, for their shift. My thing was, is that it went all over everywhere. AP, BBC. I mean, everyone was covering the fact that Uber was down. Okay. No one covered the fact that Uber was back up. And more importantly, no one covered why it went down. Well, until the company tells us, we really don't know. Can I put all my chips, sir, on hack? You know, that you're entitled to your opinion, Um, It is unusual for it to be down globally. Global. I mean, it was, and there wasn't a software update right around the same time. There wasn't a, you know, a universal, you know, hey, we're rolling out something new. This was all of a sudden, bam, it was done. It was out. And there was no logging on to the app. Um, uh, Drivers could not work because there was no uh, tallyment for the fees. And so forth. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you couldn't even call an Uber. Um, so it was one of those things where people were out of work for a short time. I mean, it's not like it was a week or whatnot, but it's still interesting to me um, that as big of a, how would you say this? Like as service. Yeah. As important as this service is, mm-hmm. there was a huge thing about the fact that it left. Mm -hmm. but not a huge thing that it came back, and more importantly, why it went down in the first place. Those of us of a certain age might remember back in the day when Internet meant America Online, and America Online became a victim of its own success, Right. and when it went out, it was like the end of the world because everybody had the same problems. I can't log in. I can't do anything. I can't get there from here. Um, You have mail. Yeah, or you don't. (laughs) I wanted to give people an idea. Obviously, when you think of ride-hailing services in the United States, Uber for sure, mm-hmm. Lyft for sure, but there are others. Uh, another one called Via. There's another one called Get. Um, there's one called Curb, which is actually using professional taxi drivers, but works in a way, in an app way, like a ride-hailing service, but yeah. not exactly. But okay. Are these something that are national, like Lyft and Uber are, or Uh, are they... Get probably comes the closest. These others can be either regional or or semi-national. Okay. Uh, They don't have the coverage. But one thing, what I know, uh, the Lyft drivers, I'm sorry, the Uber drivers that I know, uh, usually are also driving for more than one service. Oh, yeah. They've got more than one sticker back Uh, there. May I throw out one word, two syllables? (laughs) Uh Grid-wise. (laughs) <laughs> if you don't know what Gridwise is, it you is should. an app that allows the drivers to maximize their profit opportunity across multiple 
ride-hailing platforms. We've mm -hmm. talked about it on the show before. Um, so if you're driving for more than one, it's good to know that, particularly if one of your major ways of making a living goes out like Uber did. But by the same token, you're still going to want to know which one uh, will maximize your income, particularly as Sasha alluded that not all of these are national. Um, some of the top ones, we talked about Uber, Lyft. Uh, there's GM's Maven that's out there See, that has peer-to-peer -peer service. Honestly, I thought Maven was dead. Oh, no. No, no, oh, no. I really did. No, Maven's actually rolling out next year with autonomous ride sharing like Waymo. Yeah, but aren't they like extremely exclusive as to where they're at? Like, no. where are they at? They're rolling that out nationally. Really? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I could be in Des Moines mm -hmm. and take a Maven. Eventually, yes, ma'am, next year. Mm -hmm. Okay. And chances are it may be an autonomous Maven. I mean, that's the only way I would ride it. Yeah. Just... Other other regional ride services that you can consider, mm -hmm. uh, whether you are a passenger or a driver. Does that say trees to cars? Trees for cars. Trees. Developed by a homeless man. Uh, as a ecologically friendly way to get ride hailing, they only use <laughs> electric cars. Okay, now, when he said that, guys, you have to understand that I literally pictured, like, someone with, like, either zip ties going from tree to tree or, like, doing the Tarzan rope thing. That's yeah, no. <laughs> uh, that one, unfortunately, is very regional out in California. Oh, yeah. But again, yeah. Um, yeah, created by a homeless man. And they use electric cars exclusively. Did that homeless man have a better credit score than I do that he uh, was able uh, to get that kind of capital? Uh, he didn't, actually. A software engineer provided him free coding lessons, and his first project was to create an app that made ride sharing easier with a goal of decreasing carbon dioxide emissions. Ah, okay. So pretty cool. Um, there's some that are specific, like Wings, which just takes you to and from the airport. Yeah. Juno, which is getting bought, I believe, by Lyft. Uh, which I yeah, also I believe I in saw New York that. City. Yeah. And then, you know, one called Flywheel. Ah. So there's a lot out there to consider, and we'll keep an eye on things like this, but we just wanted to equip you with there are options. You're not stuck with just uh, Uber or Lyft. When we return, it's the Internet of Things and the automotive industry. They're getting closer and closer all the time. We explore next. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. Well, where can four starving interns find a car? Four starving interns can afford. You asked for it. The Toyota Corolla two-door sedan. Probably the most sensible car in the world. 49 Highway 36 City. And you get Toyota at an incredibly low sticker price. Toyota, it's just common sense. I'm starving. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive, piloted by Ken Chester and Sasha Little. Thank you for tuning in. The topic at hand is the Internet of Things and the automotive industry. You might not realize it, but these two industries are coming together in a number of ways. Like, for example, if you own a late model vehicle, and I'm saying vehicles probably six to seven years old or newer, 
chances are pretty good that Android Auto, and that's the same Android that probably powers your cell phone, yep, or Apple Car, are the most likely part of programming and hardware that is already operating in your vehicle right now. Now, see, and as someone, for me particularly, I do not like Android Android Auto. Why is um, that? Yeah, I think it's too intrusive for my own. Um, when I was reading the rights, it has the right to record the vo- the phone calls. Oh, really? Yeah, reserves, within the car. Uh, yeah, within the car. And you Any- can't opt out of it. Nope, you Yikes. cannot opt without. Um, and then it just won't work. I prefer the ones where uh, mm. when I hook up the Bluetooth and I connect to the vehicle, um, it just does it automatically. Like I hook up and then I don't have to go through a third party, which would be the Android Auto. But the problem is most vehicles now either have one or both. So if you're not hooking up to Android Auto, you're hooking up to probably Apple Car or... Nope. Really? I, well, I mean, I have an Android, so I wouldn't be using Apple Car. Then chances are you're hooking up to some level of Android Auto, and there may be because it's open source. That may be uh, automaker specific in terms of what it will let you do and not do. Well, I'm not sure about that, but I do know that the Android Auto, it's an app that you download from the Google Store. Okay. So in certain models that we were actually using for Wheels of Non-Consent, right. Uh, some of the vehicles, the minute that you tethered your phone to mm-hmm. the vehicle, it would say cannot go any further without getting um, Android Auto. And that's the automaker, actually, yeah, that, more, yeah. more, than, more than Android Auto itself. Because we've reported here, uh, like I said, if you're driving a vehicle that's seven years old or newer, you're driving what we define today as a connected car. Yeah. Your vehicle's giving information mm-hmm. to the automaker or whoever else. And it's a hot button topic here at Roadworthy Drive because is all this information going out? You don't really have control of it and you don't always know exactly what your vehicle is communicating to whomever and how that information is being used. And how long is that stored, sir? And that's another issue. I mean, how how long is that? How long is that information stored? Uh, where is it, it stored? Yeah, where let's is ask, it stored? Let's ask that question. I but, mean, because I mean, here's the thing: there is so much that your car is communicating without you knowing, mm-hmm. as far as GPS, mm-hmm. as far as you know how often it's driving, how mm-hmm. speeds that are used. I mean, these are all things that they say. Well, it's collected, quote unquote, anonymously. But what does that necessarily mean? And who is monitoring that to make sure, in fact, that that's the case? But the thing that even bothers me a little more, one major automaker uh, actually is teamed with Alexa, uh, Google's Alexa, to where you can instruct through the vehicle Alexa to do certain things either at your home or even a third-party place. This one commercial where the gal is driving her vehicle, it's an SUV, mm-hmm. made by a major domestic manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um instructs Alexa to start her regular order at Starbucks. Yeah. And I keep watching that commercial and go, there is so much wrong with that. That concerns me. Privacy, number one. Uh, I don't know Alexa like that. (laughs) I'm not sure I want Alexa to know what my uh, standard order is at Starbucks. Number one. Now, on the one hand, a lot of, I guess you would call that a convenience Mm-hmm. But what am I giving up? What am I giving to Starbucks about my habits? What am I giving to the automaker about my habits? Am I going to get inundated every time I get within 300 yards of a Starbucks from now on? 
Well, see, and I was talking to a very good techie friend of mine, and they had said the sad truth of the matter is privacy is no longer an issue. And anyone who says that, you know, oh, they're all about their privacy, they're all about their own, you know, their own information. If you have any kind of vehicle within the last 15 years, um, if you have any kind of phone produced in the last seven if you have any kind of social media installed on your phone or on your computer, then you, sir, are not being protected. And I'll go you a step further. Well, unless you want to move to Europe. I know that's right. Uh, it's called the right, right to, to be, be forgotten. forgotten. And we really like that here at Roadworthy Tribe. <laughs> yes. Uh, and what that is, in a way, is you have the right to tell all of these data holders, I don't want you to store my information I don't want you to maintain my information. I don't want you to collect my information. In fact, I want to be able to use your software yep. without you collecting any data on me at all. And, and see, in fact, forget I was even here. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. I mean, it just came out now, like what, this week? Google is even tracking incognito window searches. Ooh. So if you happen to have an incognito thing, in other words, if you on the download, thinking, right, right, oh no, Google's still tracking you. That ain't cute. Yeah. Now I'll go you a step further, and this is coming from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Um, there is rules afoot for vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication to hap start happening by 2022. In other words, for vehicles to talk to each other again, from a traffic standpoint, it sounds really good. But again, we don't know what kind of information these, uh, this particular system will be transmitting. Well, okay, here's my biggest thing when it comes to autonomous vehicles. Okay, is but these that, ain't even autonomous yet. No, but I mean, when you're talking about the future of mobility, okay, mm -hmm. cars are going to need to talk to each other. The NHTSA is going to have to come up with some kind of universal, this is what y'all are going to use for communication reasons. But what if the car's talking behind my back and saying bad things about me? Well, then, you know, maybe you should be a better driver and treat it better. But it's autonomous, Pay though. the extra $10 minute, but, but for But wait a, a minute, but wait a minute. If it's autonomous <laughs> and it's giving information <laughs> right, behind right. my back, right. uh, it's not an issue of me being a better driver or worse driver. Because I'm not driving. Then you need to be a better person. Wow. It's judging it's you. Wait, excuse me. Now it's making judgment calls? Yeah, now it's judging you. What is this, China? And, and that actually ties... Is, is this China now? Because uh, China's actually Soviet doing that. Russia. But, oh, uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you did that not. That actually ties into Tech with Sasha in hour two. Oh, well, you're going to yeah. have to stay tuned for that. But yeah, China now, because China is doing a social media experiment relative yep. to that kind of data collection. Talk about Big Brother. Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling that. <laughs> uh, I'm so not. But as... What's going on in your home, going on in your car, and in fact, Android has said this, their goal is to keep you on their platform from house to work to car and never leave their platform. 24-7. That's the huge thing with wearables. That's a huge thing with smart speakers. That's a whole thing with the connected car. They want to be able to collect your data 24-7. Which means they're going to be trying to sell you 24-7. Lovely. Oh, well. When we return, we talk metal addictive manufacturing systems, otherwise known as 3D metal printing. <laughs> yep, it's a thing, and it's next. Don't change that dial. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. 
This is Roadworthy Drive. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. If you're looking for the real thing, then welcome one and all to Roadworthy Drive. We are Ken Chester and the effervescent Sasha Little. Sasha. Sasha. What did I say? What did I say? I th- Sashay? Uh, Sasha? No, something. I don't think so. Other than. But in any case, <laughs> we are dedicated to bringing you the facts about mobility today and tomorrow, along with the technology that goes with it. If you're looking for a show where today's tech in your car or truck can be explained in English or want to know why electric vehicles are definitely becoming a thing, then you've come to the right place. If you're curious about how this technology is going to impact those of us who live in the rural spaces of our great land, then you've come to the right place. If you want to know why, I'm getting all choked up about this, if you want to know why farming and heavy trucking is leading the way into autonomous vehicles, then guess what? You've come to the right place. Yeah, because let me point out to you, uh, our listeners, how many trucking companies are literally on their knees in every billboard, every newspaper, on the radio saying, please drive for us. Yeah. We need drivers. Indeed. (laughs) One of the main reasons why heavy trucking will probably go autonomous first. Yeah. And see, especially out where I live, uh, grain trucks the ones that actually have to go directly to the fields to uh refill like um for for the for the cattle and for the pigs and everything else like that uh yeah those drivers they can't keep them in other words uh smart ag we talked about this last week yes we did and you can certainly go to the website to find that out and this is an awesome segue uh and that's roadworthydrive.com and you can listen to podcasts or our previous shows Uh, Like this one, uh, where we talked about um, automated grain carts in the field uh, that are are, their thing. Yeah, but this is not the same kind of thing. That's collecting the grain Mm -hmm. as your tractor is going about. Okay, Uh But still necessary because you still need a driver for that tractor to take it from the field when you download the combine to either the bin or in town to the elevator. Right. But eventually that goes out. What I'm saying is that the ones that actually get their medicated grain from the feedlots or from the um, from the source and they get their medicated mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. Those are the drivers that they're in shortage of. Yeah. Well, for those of our fans that listen to the show via your mobile devices, you can find us at Google Play or Podcast IA. For those of you in the social media universe, you'll certainly want to like us on Facebook. Now, Sasha's producing a social media show only there that, well, you know what, Sasha, why don't you tell them? Okay, so I'm, I've am i been doing the Wheels of Non-Consent, not for a while. We're waiting for the 2019s to roll out. Um, but basically, I take the vehicles from Mr. Chester here, and I like to give you a synopsis of what your money can buy. What is out there as far as technology? What is out there uh, for your budget? What is What kind of features are now becoming standard as opposed to... Um, what kind of additives go in there. Um, And I I think that kind of, and in a down-to-earth type of explanation. So that's something that you'll want to look forward to. Um, We're also adding a couple new um, ventures onto our website. 
Yeah, you want to check that out. Yes, because mm-hmm. uh, we did Time with Sasha, and that's actually going to have the links to some of these shows so mm-hmm. people can venture more into what we talk about. Further into the weeds. It's nice in the weeds, though. Yeah, that's why I got a rope around you so I can pull you out of the weeds <laughs> if you get too far. Folks, be sure to check out more about Tech with Sasha as Wheels of Non-Consent just for you, just online. Now I want to get into something that's called Metal Addictive Manufacturing. That's the formal name for what is known as 3D metal printing. Okay, they call it metal addictive manufacturing. Is what it's called. As in? They're using either a powdered, there's about three different ways, but basically they're using systems uh, with some sort of powdered metal, a binder, and heat to create very specific parts out of metal. Uh, past prototyping. This is way past prototyping. Right, but what I'm saying is that I'm thinking that they mean additive. No. Instead of no. addictive. No. It's addictive. Addictive. That's what they call it. Huh. Metal addictive printing. Because Ad- we're all addicted to metal. No. It's the I way know. that it's processed is an addition and binding process in layers like most 3D printers, okay. which makes it in layers. Um, Two manufacturers that are using this right now in assembly plants, Volkswagen. Now, what are they making? um, Tooling and spare parts. Oh. They call it a great potential for 3D metal printing for a broad range of car parts and tooling. And I'm sorry, you're right. It is additive as opposed to addictive. Thank you. I I stand corrected. Okay. Um, Another manufacturer, the 2020 Ford Mustang will have 3D printed brake parts. Oh. Now, can I ask something real quick? Because I'm not sure if your research came across this. How big are these 3D printers? Okay. <sighs> He's showing me a picture, folks. That's and big. It does look like maybe... Oh, no. It is big. Is that maybe half of a semi-trailer? Maybe I would, ar- half the, half I would the, argue that, yeah. Half the height and half and, the length. Yeah. I would go. Um, I would go there. Yeah. Yeah. These are not small little things. <laughs> right? no. That you had in CAD no, class. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 Right. I uh, give you an example. Ford's Mustang 2020 Shelby GT500. Okay. Will have two 3D printed brake components. The reason why is by going this way, they can make them lighter. The designs are not bound by typical stamping okay. uh, uh, limitations, All right. and they can get more intricate in their designs, which makes them lighter, uh, more, I don't want to use the word imaginative, but it gives them more freedom to develop more complicated parts for less money. Now, did they say why they're just using that one? I mean, why is this not like... Volume. It takes a while to make these parts. Oh, it's how long volume. does it take? That I don't know. It depends on the part. I was curious. I mean, but as far as stamping metal, which is a matter of stamping, which is something they've been doing for over 100 years, no biggie. But this is a whole new thing. To give an idea, Ford purchased its first 3D printer 30 years ago. Holy buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Ford Motor Company right now, this moment, right. 90 3D printers to produce parts and tools for production processes right now. Now. Is that like globally or just in the U.S.? That would be globally. Okay. But, so, but excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, 90. N- 90. That is crazy. Yeah. They that have, is crazy. Yeah. They have a, their new $45 million advanced manufacturing center. The potential for what they can do in design, 
weight loss, fuel economy, safer vehicles is unlimited. And as they get more different materials that they can use in this way, it promises to be totally awesome. So yeah, the future looks bright. The future is exciting. And it's, I can't even begin to describe it, but just imagine the potential, even for vintage parts, as opposed to hard to get, hard to make, hard to replicate parts, soon, not anymore. Okay, but is that necessarily restoration? Uh, could be. If you could replicate, it would be an old new part okay. or a new new part built to old specifications. All right. So actually, it could be better than the original part when it was made. Finally, for our last segment, we take a look at what's going on at Ford and their plans for the future. Stay tuned. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. This is the fourth and final segment for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. Glad that you're here. Before we tackle the last topic, a programming note. Hour number two of Roadworthy Drive has a new installment of that exciting feature. Everybody loves it. Tech with Sasha. <laughs> well, everybody does. Everybody loves more time with Sasha. Indeed. Featuring our own Sasha Little, we removed the shackles and let her share her own unique spin on mobility tech. If your favorite station does not carry Hour 2, no worries. You can find it on the show website. That's roadworthydrive.com. Tuning in will be well worth it. Now, we have not talked about Ford Motor Company in a while. Canvas. Despite the fact that the folks at the Blue Oval have been busy adjusting to the brave new world of electric and autonomous vehicles. The future of mobility. Indeed. Brought to you by Canvas. Uh-huh. Well, you might as well tell them what Canvas is because we have listeners that may not have a clue what you're talking about. Right, because we signed some new stations now. Yeah, so, so tell yes. them. What is All Canvas? Right. So Canvas is basically uh, a car subscription service that... Um, by Ford. By Ford that you're driving two to three old vehicles. Uh, older vehicles. They're not Are you old. Done? No. I said older. Yeah, but you're like ancient. Two to three, two to three years old. Thank anyway, you. you're driving these vehicles. I would assume that these are off-lease vehicles. Okay, that's what I'm going to assume that they are. Um, you pay a flat rate uh, depending on how many miles you plan on driving that car. Um, they've got a flat rate for uh, unlimited, and then you pay an additional fee as to what car you want. And they have everything from the Escape. They've got cars. They've got SUVs. Um, I did not see the Ford truck yet. That they did say on the website that it is coming. I am now. When hoping you say truck, you saying the F one fifty. F one fifty. I did not see anything for anything bigger than the F one fifty. What about what about SUVs? Um, SUVs. They have the Escape. Um, they have, I forget what the other one is. Um, uh, Expedition Explorer. I don't think that they what? went up to the Expedition. Okay, then what about the, uh, I'm trying to think of their baby one that they just imported from. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And I, I the, think they've got that one, it, what I would consider. So baby SUVs, but nothing really serious. Nothing really big, oh, no. Um, they do, however, have the sports cars. So they do have. <laughs> 
They have the Mustang. Yes, what the else Mustang. You got? And the convertible. Which is a Mustang. Uh, and not the Shelby. Edition, but it's a Mustang. But it's a Mustang, yes. Um, but so what of- exactly can you rent? Let's see. No trucks. No trucks. Baby SUVs. And se- semi-full-size SUV. Uh, the Explorer. Now, you said the Explorer wasn't there. You said I said, said Expedition oh. wasn't there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. So maybe not so baby. Right. Um, mm-hmm. For for my family, what it would cost me for unlimited miles, because believe me, I would need and it. What, but you'd be in at least an Explorer. I would. I would be an Explorer, mm-hmm. and I went with the all the you know everything included mm-hmm. um, package, mm-hmm. and mine was going to run, run me right around six hundred dollars a month. Yeah, except for one small infinitesimal little fact there, Sasha. Yeah. It's uh, not available in Iowa yet, aww. which is why I keep saying, "Hey, Canvas, hi, how y'all doing?" Yeah, but they're hi. not out of Florida. They're not out of California yet. Uh, actually, I think they're in a couple other states, but not not very much. Uh-huh. I mean, and it's and it's not even states. I mean, it is cities. They're mm. in like three other cities. Probably Phoenix. Yeah, and San Francisco. I wanted to say Ohio, but mm. I don't. I don't think that they've made it. I don't think they made it here to the Midwest. Which because is, if they made it to Ohio, they could drop your vehicle off on the way. Uh, right? Just I saying. mean, I will get an Ohio address. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no. Let, let, let that go. But here's the thing with Ford. Yes. Uh, if you go back two years ago, uh, then Ford CEO Mark Fields had been talking about the automaker's post-car ownership roadmap mm-hmm. and how they were moving quickly. Yes. Guess what? Yeah. Not quick enough. No. Man lost his job. Yeah, I did. Because they said, even though he talked about at length, this interview was literally two years ago last month. Yeah. And it was not fast enough. He wasn't moving fast enough for the company, and the company let him go. Now, okay, what you listeners need to take away from that, he knew that ownership here in America, owning a vehicle, had its um, end date. And he understood that. And he gave this beautiful speech about what he what he planned to do as a company to to stay uh, relevant in today's ever changing mobility. Now, they fired him because his plan was too slow. And Ford mm-hmm. said me, it was too slow. Let me read you what Mark Fields said two years ago. Yep. Um Part of what we're telling them is we're on this transition to be an auto mobility company. What we've learned is when you talk to a lot of mayors, they're talking about talking to cities, is what they're facing, the problem, what they're facing, more capacity um, for mobility in cities. Yes. Now, they were talking about that back in 2016. And didn't he have like a 15-year plan? They were talking in 2016 Mm -hmm. of 2021, having a fully autonomous vehicle on the road, by 2021. Yep. That would have been five years. Guess what? It was too slow. Yep. That is That kind of ties into what we talked about when we talked about General Motors last week. Yep. The fact that this is moving so fast that even two years is an eternity, and the automakers got to balance making a profit now to finance the very expensive projects of going autonomous, going electric, and still running their business today. Right now, Ford makes its money from pickups and SUVs. Yep. Uh, the F-Series pickup has been the best seller in the United States for years. And it's extremely, extremely profitable. And they're using that money to ensure that there will be a Ford Motor Company after 
after this mm-hmm. whole, you know, and it's a growing thing that people are giving up mm-hmm. owning their cars. I want to leave you with this thought. The new CEO, uh-huh. this is last week, and I quote him. Yep. This is Jim Hackett. Yep. Ford needed to have a modern culture that made teams more prominent, flatter, faster decision-making, less hierarchy. That's last week. Yep. And they're working on an estimated $11 billion restructuring plan to make the company more fit. That's last week. Mark Fields from two years ago, even though he saw the future, he wasn't moving fast enough. Yep. Jim Hackett is putting the thing in overdrive. They have to, though. I mean, we see it every single week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it changes literally sometimes day by day, obviously, but hour by hour. And it is no wonder that people do not have a full scope on autonomous, mm-hmm. on self-driving, on electric, on electric emissions, a fuel economy, all these things the automakers have to deal with now, even while they're making money. Mm-hmm. They got to go from internal combustion engine, half ton, three quarter ton, and one ton pickup trucks that are making money today to a future where none of that may exist. Electric, autonomous, um, connected vehicles. In I'm not talking 20 years from now, in the next five years. This hour has come to an end. Thanks for listening. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.